0: Coming up, the Paul Pelosi attack, which predictably the Democrats are blaming on Trump. I mean, they're literally acting as though President Trump stood outside of the Pelosi residence, handed this deranged man, this mentally ill, this psychotic man, a hammer, and said, "Here, go bang Paul Pelosi in the head." You know, and then of course we are the conspiracy theorists. All right, plus Eco Health Alliance—they are the nonprofit that conducted research on coronavirus—is the American nonprofit that were that was paid by Dr Fauci to research coronaviruses in Wuhan and those coronaviruses are eerily similar to covid-19 yeah that eco health alliance well now they're doing government research on a wmd on a weapon of mass destruction that is coming up and of course full election coverage here just days away from the midterms but first Elon Musk has taken over Twitter There is a new sheriff in town. I am enjoying this. This is so much fun. Buckle up. Get out the popcorn because Elon Musk, he's enjoying himself. He changed his Twitter bio to Twitter Complaint Hotline Operator. That is Elon Musk, the CEO, the richest man on the planet and uh, and one of the most powerful men on the planet. Let's be honest. Now that he controls Twitter and and basically controls this public social media platform, uh, and he calls himself the Twitter Complaint Hotline Operator. So he's really – laughing it up, having having fun at, at the expense of the people who despise free speech. And Elon Musk has pledged that he will allow free speech. He's not saying that he's going to promote the right. He's not saying that he's going to promote Trump or conservatism or Republicans or somehow he's going to hurt. You know how he's hurting the Democrats? You know how he's hurting the left? By actually allowing free speech. And the left is having a meltdown. Why? Because they obviously despise Free speech. They want to control the narrative. They want to control our speech. They only, they want people who disagree with them to be labeled disinformation, to be labeled fake. All right. And one great example of this is this past week, the White House actually deleted a tweet because it was fact checked by Twitter or, you know, or by one of these uh, uh, special tools that Twitter has where the public can comment and can, and, and can basically expose A a, a fake claim, a fake news. And and, and that's exactly what happened here is the White House literally made a false claim, an egregious claim about Biden increasing Social Security checks. Twitter fact checked them, the new Elon Musk version of Twitter. And look, this... This feature that was used to actually fact check the White House tweet has been around in the past. But the White House, I don't recall the White House ever being fact checked. One of their tweets on Twitter uh, and and, uh, until Musk took over, despite them having this feature, because it wasn't used on the White House, obviously. No surprise. And in addition to that, the White House, I don't believe, has ever deleted a tweet or, you know, not because of it being exposed as being a bogus tweet, but the, the White House tweeted that social security checks are increasing for seniors because they and they took credit and they said it's because of Biden's leadership. They made it sound as though somehow Biden fought for the seniors and Biden got this increase of social security checks, but they were fact checked. And what it turns out the real story is it's because of inflation. It's it's literally because of inflation. It's because Biden is such a bad, Biden's making it sound like I fight for seniors. I care so much about the elderly, not like Trump. And the Republicans, who they want to throw the elderly off a cliff, literally—that's what the Democrats claim. No, I actually care about seniors, and therefore I'm increasing seniors' checks. And, the, and of course, the timing is several days before the election. Biden trying to take credit—he gets the credit. Yes, he gets the credit for senior citizens' Social Security checks increasing, but it's because he's so bad. It's because his policies are such a disaster, and inflation is out of control. And the, and for many many years, the Social Security checks are tied into, linked into inflation. So Twitter fact checked that there was it was like this public it's this community feature where the community can step in and clarify things. Now is it dangerous? You know, can that be abused as well? Because who's deciding when somebody decides to comment on a tweet? Who's making that decision at the end of the day? So this fact checking it certainly needs a lot of work, and we got to keep an eye on it. But the point is that uh, thanks to Elon Musk taking over Twitter, we now have the White House being forced to delete a tweet. Think about without Elon Musk, this is part of how they rigged the election is by taking credit for these things and making it seem as though, you know, millions of seniors are going to say, hey, look, my Social Security check went up. Biden's the reason. All right, maybe I will vote Democrat after all. Look, things are so bad. I don't know why anyone in their right mind, I mean, would vote Democrat. I mean, I think you almost have to be mentally ill to vote Democrat right now. But that kind of thing, it goes unchecked. And Biden takes credit for for being such a wonderful, compassionate person. And it's fake. And now the, the White House was actually forced to delete it so they're not being allowed to spread those lies and to rig elections i mean of course we know about the hunter biden laptop which was uh, totally buried by twitter facebook and other social media platforms biden he caused massive inflation which is a bad thing social security checks go up as a result by the way my paycheck your paycheck our paychecks don't go up because of inflation, it may be eventually over time, but it's not directly tied into inflation. But seniors, they get government funding. So, of course, it goes up as a result of inflation. But that's not the point. The point is Biden did a bad thing, then take takes the credit for it and acts as though it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, then, of course, he gets fact checked. But you cannot make this stuff up. And it's amazing how the left, Musk, Elon Musk, he wasn't looking to be an enemy of the left. He, he actually said a few months ago, he said that he never voted Republican in his life, he said he never voted Republican before, uh, before recently, but the left, Elizabeth Warren and so many Democrats, they made Elon Musk an enemy. Why? Well, number one, because he's a billionaire and he's the man. He has done so much for the, for the, for the environment. He's done so much for the climate. He's done so much for clean energy for the left. I mean, he is, he, the, the Tesla is the gold standard of electric vehicles. They made him a target because they decided he's a billionaire and he doesn't pay enough taxes. And by the way, all he's doing is following the law and paying the taxes that they tell him to pay. So, And then they suppressed free speech. And Elon Musk said, I like free speech. Why do we have to only, you know, why do we have to suppress any message that we happen to not agree with? And so Elon Musk stepped in and said, you know what? I actually care about free speech. And they made him the enemy for that, too. He, did, he didn't say, I care about free speech, therefore I'm going to suppress people on the left. He didn't say that. But the people on the left said, oh, you like free speech? You're a proponent of free speech. That's very dangerous. Free speech is very dangerous. What if people actually find out the truth? What if we actually lose our control? So this is going to be very fun. The new Twitter under Elon Musk. All right, let's get to all the latest on the election. I keep seeing that it keeps going up, literally. It, it, the the the, the the 538 model or the real clear politics model, what are the per- percentages of the Republicans taking control of the Senate? Earlier in the week, it was 51 percent, then 52 percent. Now it's all – It literally, it's creeping up. Now it's 55 percent. Real clear politics says that uh, – or, or maybe it's 538. I get mixed up. Those are the two. Those are the two to keep an eye. Do I trust any of them? No. But if they say that the Republicans have a 55 percent chance of taking the Senate – it's at least that. It, it's maybe sixty, sixty-five, and and look, even if they say, yeah, let's say they would say the Democrats have a night. Remember when Hillary won, and the model was like, well, I'm sorry, Hillary won <laughs> when Trump won, and it was like they they, they were telling us eighty-seven percent chance that 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 Hillary's going to win, and then Trump wins. Well, we told you there was a thirteen percent chance. It, it, it does happen sometimes, so we were still right. So it's like as long as they say ninety-nine percent, if the one percent happens, they're still covering themselves. Well, we said ninety-nine percent. We didn't say a hundred. It, it, this was a fluke, you know, so what like so then, what's the point then? What's the point of you giving us these statistics if they're meaningless? but that's that's what I'm looking at here. I'm looking to see how high they go in their prediction, and they're telling it literally crept up fifty one fifty two and as of right now and and when you're hearing this, it probably already went higher went even higher, but fifty five percent chance and i I have no doubt the Republicans are going to take the Senate. Meanwhile in New York, I'm cautiously optimistic, cautiously optimistic, you know, there's a there, every instinct in me is saying, That Zeldin is going to win. I can't remember ever seeing this kind of momentum for a Republican. It's just amazing. And and you have one poll, the Trafalgar poll, which actually has Zeldin with a slim lead over Hochul. But I think voter enthusiasm, I think that's going to help uh, uh, Zeldin a lot because I think that people are fed up. They're furious. They cannot stand. You know what? Governor Hochul, I actually have that clip here. I'm going to play you that clip. She may have committed political suicide with just that one line in the debate, you know, where she said, I don't know why that's so important to you. Talking about crime and about locking up criminals. You listen to this clip. They're not being represented from this this governor, who still to this moment, we're at, what we halfway through the debate. She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. OK, anyone is- who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. I don't know why that's so important to you, though that is the death blow. And she did it to herself. And the reason it's so bad is because it, we know it's true. We know it's how she really feels. It to, her, her actions, her policies completely reflect. I don't know why it's so important to you. She just dismissed it. He's talking about locking up criminals. It's what virtually everyone in New York, their biggest concern right now, other than the economy, is... Look at the crime. Crime is out of control. By the way, you saw this. Governor Hochul also claimed that it's some it's some kind of like it's a fabrication that 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 the conservatives have actually made up. It's a hoax. She actually claims that the high crime is a GOP conspiracy, is a Republican conspiracy theory, is a fabrication. It's a hoax. She literally said that on MSNBC. She said it more than once. She said, "Oh, it's just a figment of people's imaginations." If you look at the numbers, the crime numbers are down. And yeah, people they heard a couple of news stories about scary crimes. So they think that crime is up, but the Republicans, it, it, it's just a conspiracy. That's literally what she called it. She said it's a Republican conspiracy that, uh, the, the claims makes people think, brainwashes people into thinking that crime is up when it's not really up. I mean, the, the, this is what they do. And now they have Twitter fact checking them. It's not going to be as easy, but this is their disinformation campaign. These are the lies that they spread. This is the fake bogus propaganda is we see with our own eyes, not to mention the statistics, almost all the crime statistics are up. So we see the data, we see it with our own eyes. And they tell us, no, it's not really true. The sky is not blue. The sky is purple. Why do you think the sky is blue? It's it, it, She literally said that it's a Republican concoction, this notion that crime is up. Crime is not actually up. Don't let the Republicans fool you. And she made this comment, she, exposing her true colors. Here, because we know that she really doesn't care about crime, and she doesn't know why it's so important to us. She's in her ivory tower. It's it's shocking. I know. It's like, how could she say that? But that entire debate, she was so dismissive and so condescending, as though like, why are you bothering with these petty things like crime? You know, I get into my limo and I get out of the limo, and I'm surrounded by my security detail. It's like, so so. Here's the thing. Imagine if like Trump or Giuliani made some kind of comment like that, obviously it wouldn't happen, but I'm just using a hypothetical. Imagine if any Republican made some kind of comment of, uh, you know, crime locking people up. I don't know why that's so important to you. Right. What would happen? Would that bring about their, you know, would, would that bring about their demise? Would that be devastating to them? No, it would be a strange comment, but we would move on because it would totally not be consistent with their policies. We know it's not true. We know they don't feel that way. Hochul's problem is not the comment. Her problem is that all of her policies are, are completely aligned and completely consistent with that comment. I don't know why it's so important. She literally doesn't know why locking up criminals, why people are bothering with the silly nonsense about locking up criminals. And that's what happens with Democrats. They can never, ever show their true color once in a in a, in a while that they happen to slip, a slip of the tongue like that. All it does is expose. They have to constantly hide. They, they They're racist. Many Democrats are racist. They don't care. They're selfish. They don't care about people. They don't care about you know protecting people. They don't care about law and order and security. So once in a while where they actually admit it, it's like, oh, there you go. It was a moment of weakness and they actually showed their true colors. And and look, what's this election in New York? So we'll have to wait and see. It's still New York. There's still millions and millions of, a lot more millions of Democrat voters in in New York state, especially the city than than Republicans. So I think it's going to come down to two things. Number one, voter turnout. And number two, how badly the Democrats cheat because we know they're going to cheat and the question is how successfully will they cheat so it's going to come down to that but you know when it's this close the voter turnout is huge and I think that gives Zelden and the Republicans a huge advantage in 2020 with covid with mail and mail and ballots I think a lot of Republicans were not as motivated now Republicans are as motivated as enthusiastic as I've ever seen and Democrats are not they're frustrated they're they're annoyed and and Hokel's comment I just want to add this last point. It's reminiscent, and others have made this point, it's reminiscent of the governor's race in Virginia, last year's governor's race in Virginia. Remember when Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, he had this major blunder. He accidentally told the truth. They were talking, a lot of parents in Virginia were worried about uh, the school uh, curriculum and about their kids being indoctrinated with these extreme leftist um, concepts and ideas, you know, you know, critical race theory and all this morality stuff, and uh, and and the schools are indoctrinating, indoctrinating these children uh, with the, with this very very immoral leftist propaganda and and racist against white propaganda. And and uh, McAuliffe said, "quote I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach." And Glenn Youngkin, who eventually won his campaign. They just played it over and over again. All these commercials, they kept playing McAuliffe saying that, that parents should not be telling schools what they should teach. And that was devastating. Once in a while, it'll happen, mostly with the Democrats, where there's like one line and it exposes what they really believe. Like I said, everyone knew Terry McAuliffe really thinks that. Democrats really think that. They really believe that parents have no right to decide what their children's education should be, which is exactly what's happening in New York, by the way, with the yeshivas and and the secular education restrictions. So that was devastating to him. All right. And think about this in general. The Democrat strategy has completely flopped. What has the Democrat strategy been? Inflation's out of control. Can't focus on the economy. Can't focus on national security. Can't talk about Afghanistan. Can't talk about Iran. Can't talk about Ukraine and Russia. Oil. I mean, every, you go down the list every single policy. And Joe Biden is an abject failure, an abysmal failure. The Democrats are an abysmal failure. And what are the Democrats? They only have two things going for them. January 6th and abortion. January 6th, Roe v. Wade. They keep saying it over and over again. They keep telling us how somehow democracy is in danger. Democracy is in danger. They're right. It's because Biden, because nobody's running the country right now. Because the person running the country, I, you know, I wouldn't tr- trust him to 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 run a newsstand. I wouldn't trust him to run a candy store. You know, I I, I barely trust him in a house by himself alone. And uh, and he's supposed to be running the country. So yeah, democracy <laughs> is in danger. They're just a little bit confused how. But here's the point: nobody cares about January 6th when 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 they can't afford basic groceries, when they can't afford to fill up a tank of gas. They don't care about January 6th and about a threat to democracy and about a few crazy people who decided to breach the Capitol. And look, I understand that the election was rigged and I'm not going to we're not going to rehash that right now. But my point is that people who stormed the Capitol is just not what's on anybody's mind, nor is abortion, nor is Roe v. Wade. You yeah, if the economy's great, if the country is safe, if the border is secure. And, and then you say, oh, by the way, Roe v. Wade, that's something very important to people, but not when it compares you look at all the numbers. People are very dissatisfied with the direction of the country, no surprise. And people are very concerned about inflation, no surprise. Both of those things work against the Democrats. So this strategy, look, it's all they got. It's a strategy of desperation. But this idea about somehow January 6th uh, being the thing that's going to, when people go to the polls, they're going to say, oh, you know what? Yeah, the, the, the country's going down the tubes. I mean, this country is in really bad shape. But January 6th, that Trump, he's the threat to democracy. Trump is not the threat. Biden's the threat. Inflation is the threat. So they figured, all right, you know what? People hate Trump and that will override their desire to have financial prosperity and their desire to pay the bills and pay rent and not get evicted. No, people are more worried about getting evicted than they're worried that Trump is going to lead some kind of revolt and breach the Capitol again and somehow take control of the government and carry out a coup d'etat. And by the way, who's been missing? You know who's been missing from the campaign trail? This is unbelievable. Uh, You know who has not been campaigning for Democrats? Democrats. Hillary's been campaigning for Democrats. Bill Clinton's been been campaigning for Democrats. They pulled him out of out of some some closet, some basement somewhere. Obama, of course, is on the campaign trail, but Biden and Kamala Harris, President Biden, you cannot make this stuff up. President Biden and Kamala Harris are both noticeably missing from the campaign trail. With the Democrats, they make occasional appearances here and there, but it's actually being reported that it, it this is actually strategic that that they are hiding. Biden and Kamala Harris, the president and the vice president, the uh, uh, supposed leader of the party, the party leader and the second in command. They are nowhere to be found. They are being hidden. It's like, get them away. Don't let them anywhere near. You have these congressional races. You have these Senate races. Get them away from me. These Democrat candidates are saying, I don't want Biden anywhere near me. That, That man is such a liability. They've been sidelined. They've been officially sidelined by the party nobody has heard a word from biden and kamala on the campaign they they're still talking to the press they, they they are the president and the vice president but what a monumental embarrassment i mean what how humiliating can it be where it's as humiliating as the white house deleting a, a phony tweet uh, it's it's unheard of where the president and the vice president hey i'll go help you campaign maybe we'll help you win that senate race no 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 th- thanks but no president mr president i'm i'm good i'm good no no let me help you uh, uh, no actually uh that's not helpful. That actually does not help that does not help me one bit. Um all right, so let's get to the details here. The state by state. The new model from Real Clear Politics is predicting a bloodbath. As as I've said, they say that that, that the Republican is going to control fifty-four seats in the Senate. They're predicting that the Republicans will likely take Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and New Hampshire. So that is huge because uh, you know, certainly Arizona has been neck and neck. We know about Georgia, been neck and neck, Pennsylvania. I mean, look, if, if, if Dr. Oz can't win in Pennsylvania, then we've got a serious problem. But all these states have been very, very tight. And now it's being predicted. Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire will all shift Republican, which means 54 seats. And uh, as I said, the polls are showing that Americans are not satisfied. What a shock. A Gallup poll shows 17% of voters say they're satisfied with the country. I don't know what those 17% are, are, are smoking or are sniffing. I wouldn't mind trying some myself, but uh, this is the worst since any midterm since 1982. 17% of voters say that they are satisfied with the direction of the country. So we're going to keep an eye on these races, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Ohio, and New Hampshire. And, uh, and New Hampshire, the Democrat has been in the lead for a long time, but now real clear politics is saying that the Republicans are going to win New Hampshire, that, that is huge. That is Dan Bolduck, the Republican, against Maggie Hassan. So all the Republicans, if they win uh, all these states, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Ohio, and New Hampshire, I believe they have 55 seats in the Senate. We'll keep an eye on that. All right, Paul Pelosi. I mean, It's unbelievable how the Democrats can just blame it on Trump. Somebody attacks Paul Pelosi. And look, this man is deranged. This man is mentally ill. Was there some kind of political motivation here? I mean, he's crazy. Okay, so he's crazy people usually go in one direction. Usually they either go to the right or go to the left. You know, they're either, they're either crazy and they're against Trump and the Republicans or they're crazy and they go against the Democrats. You know, so, and, and there are a lot more crazy people in my experience attacking Republicans than Democrats. But the point is that like, this is not about Trump. This is not about politics. This is not about rhetoric. This is about, a crazy person. This is about somebody who's severely, severely deranged and mentally ill. But like the the, the the media and the Democrats, they can blame it on Trump. And how convenient, just a few days before the election. Brett Kavanaugh was targeted at his home. A man with a gun was approaching the Kavanaugh home, was approaching their family. Okay. Rand Paul was beaten up, severely beaten by his neighbor for political reasons. For, that was political, by the way. Steve Scalise was shot by a Bernie Sanders supporter, right? All these Republicans who are attacked by crazy leftists, right? And what happens? Oh, well, it's mental illness. You you can't blame that on Bernie Sanders. The fact that his supporter attacked, shot Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise was very seriously wounded. He shot a bunch of a bunch of uh, a bunch of people while these Republicans they were playing softball in the park, and this man just went up to them and started shooting. Uh, no, that's not politics. Well, what do you want? He's mentally ill. That's just mental illness. But when when somebody does it to Paul Pelosi, oh, suddenly. Uh, he's he's a Trump supporter. Suddenly it's Trump's fault and it's the Republicans' fault. It's so disingenuous. It's so inconsistent. It's so hypocritical. Like, which one is it? So, and that's how they roll. That's, that is how the media, that's the Democrats, they're opportunistic, you know, and uh, anything they can do to score political points, they'll exploit Something like this, he was severely hurt, and and you know you you obviously wish him the best, Paul Pelosi. It seems like he's recovering from brain surgery. It seems like he's going to be okay. He's 82 years old, but the Democrats they jump on it and they exploit it for their own political, uh, you know, benefit, and they lie about it because it's mental illness, and they know it's mental illness because they always remind us of that. But when it happens to a Democrat, then suddenly it's not mental illness. All right, some more details on Elon Omar. We told you about her spending all this money on. Uh, security while she's telling us to defund the police. And it, it turns out Elon Omar has spent over $100,000 on private security um, over the last couple of years while insisting to us that we need to def- defund the police. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. So we told you about this last time that she that her campaign, in just like two or three months this year, her campaign spent $27,000 on security services. But it turns out that before that, over the last, since May 2019 through this year, she spent $100,000. It was $83,000. Well, actually, the, the numbers, I don't know. I, I have one number here that says 83000 I guess it was 110000 because she spent 83000 up until July of this year, then another 27000 in just the last three months or so. So $110,000 spent by Elon Omar's campaign on her own private security. I'm glad that she sleeps well at night telling all of us that we don't need police. And when somebody commits a crime or when, when somebody violent is around – Call a social worker, have a social worker come and try to persuade them that they shouldn't attack somebody instead of having a police officer come with a gun because police are bad, except when they're protecting Elon Omar. All right, EcoHealth Alliance, this is a stunning, this is just staggering. EcoHealth Alliance has received hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants from the DOD. This is in addition to all the Fauci money. But from the Department, from the Defense Department, from the Department of Defense, EcoHealth Alliance has been given a grant, a huge grant to research WMD's weapons of mass destruction. EcoHealth Alliance, they are the nonprofit behind the gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. And that has basically been confirmed by emails. They've now gotten $400,000 in grants to research bioweapons, bioweapons. Can somebody explain this to me? Excuse me. EcoHealth Alliance they were involved in passing along. They're the middleman. So the, the government doesn't give a grant to the Wuhan lab. They give a grant to EcoHealth Alliance. And the EcoHealth Alliance does this, does this joint research at the Wuhan lab. That's literally how this happens. I mean, this is not conspiracy stuff. This is like fact. And they passed along these grants from Dr. Fauci at, at, to the Wuhan lab to conduct gain-of-function research. EcoHealth Alliance literally manipulated killer bat coronaviruses that bear a striking resemblance to the COVID virus, making them deadlier to humans. Uh, using taxpayer funds from the NIH and the NAI, what is it? The NIAID. You know, the, uh, Dr. Fauci's department at the NIH. They refused to comply with congressional investigations into gain of function research. Uh, and now they're getting grants from, from other federal agencies. The government is still, our tax dollars are still funding EcoHealth Alliance. It, it's mind boggling. And, um, They've gotten this money from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, DTRA, which is part of the DOD, part of the Defense Department. It's Orwellian. This is Orwellian stuff. Like like if I told you, if I put this in a fiction book and said the nonprofit that was involved in gain-of-function research that made this deadly coronavirus, and that coronavirus seems to be very similar to the virus that leaked out that – well, the virus that originated in Wuhan. We don't officially know that it leaked out of a lab. So what happened to them? Are they in jail? No, we're giving them more money. We're giving them more money and we're giving them money to research very dangerous things. A, a federal database says the grant that was given to EcoHealth Alliance is for combating weapons of mass destruction. And weapons of mass destruction, the definition is chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear agents. So essentially, now now the grant is officially they're trying to predict bio threat impacts from early stage data via trans, whatever. The, whatever the technical details are getting into the weeds here. But the point is that they're supposed to be researching you know how how chemical weapons or how some sort of weapon could be used weapon of mass destruction, whether it 's a bio weapon or a nuclear weapon. but the way they do that is they create a dangerous weapon and then they see how to stop it. you understand it's not like they just figure out you can't just figure out well how do we stop a dangerous thing. They have to first create the dangerous thing supposedly in a controlled environment in a in a in a secure lab, supposedly, and then they research it and figure out all right well, what does it respond to so they're literally we're giving them money. To create more dangerous things, um, after they did such a phenomenal job with COVID, allegedly. We don't know, but in other words, we, we do know that they, they, they committed these illegal things and refused to comply with the congressional investigation. We know all of that. And again, a function research and everything else. So, hey, let's give them more money and now they can research a bioweapon or a chemical weapon or nerve gas or something along those lines. It's just, I, I mean, I, 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 there are no words. I just have no words here. All right. Um, A new study. We'll end with this. We we told you about this. A new study by a liberal climate group says that barely any plastic gets recycled in the U.S., which is – is this a shock? And they make us all crazy, and then it turns out the plastic is not getting recycled. This is done – this research was done by Greenpeace. Greenpeace is a very, very leftist organization, and um, Americans – because because their agenda is they want to force – Uh, the government to do a lot more recycling. So that's why they're exposing this. But to me, what this shows me is just the hypocrisy. For years and years and years, we thought we've been recycling plastic and people get fines and penalties and everything else and very inconvenient. And it turns out it all just gets thrown in the garbage or thrown in the ocean. So listen to this. Americans in 2021 discarded 51 million tons of wrappers, bottles and bags and about 309, uh, that's about 309 pounds of plastic per person. Americans discarded in 2021 about 309 pounds of plastic per person. Out of that, 95% ended up ended up in landfills, oceans, or scattered into the atmosphere in tiny particles, however exactly that happens. thats that That's astonishing. 95% of the plastic that we're so busy recycling and that we get fined if we don't recycle in a lot of places ended up in the ocean or in landfills. So the government, the Democrats, they pretend that they're actually recycling, but it turns out they're not recycling. So it's like these cities have these recycling programs. They cost a lot of money. The cities I'm talking about, the, 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 it, it, we actually spend a lot of money for the recycling program because they they officially take it to a different place. You know they have all sorts, of, they have different people collecting each one, different different trucks, different machinery. So it's costing them a ton of money. And as I said, in many places you'll get a fine if you don't comply. And the whole thing's a sham. It is literally a sham. It is a hoax. And uh, even plastic that's officially recycled, you'll say, well, but what do you mean it's recycled plastic? We see all we always see all the time that this is recyclable, whatever. That's a very tiny percentage. It seems that even bottles and jugs, which officially are recyclable, most of the time cannot be recycled. The recycling rate for the rest of plastics, besides those used by millions of people every day, is less than 5%. Bottles and jugs is virtually zero. And um, it's just amazing because people diligently, they wash out a lot of leftists, right? A lot of people who care about the environment, care about the climate. Right. They actually spend time. They believe in this. I don't believe in this stuff, but they do believe in it. And they wash out plastic containers and bottles, thinking that they're actually going to be recycled and reused and thinking they're doing something good for the environment. And, you know, people, some people are naive enough. They think the government's actually doing this stuff. And uh, it's just it's a total waste. Like it's like it's 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 worthless. And uh, like I said, Greenpeace has their own agenda. But, you know, they're not saying, all right, let's just throw it in the garbage because obviously it's not working. That's not what they're saying. But that is the reality, and it seems that according to this report, the United States used to send plastic to China, believe it or not. It was sent to China, and they were supposed to be recycling it in China, but China ended up saying, listen, we can't recycle this. We're throwing it out, and eventually China refused to take it. So even at one point, the numbers were officially higher of how much plastic was getting recycled, but it turns out that's only because – we sent it to China, and they threw it out. You know, it's like when we like, it's like when 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 Biden says, "Listen, we can't produce oil, we can't manufacture oil because it's bad for the climate, bad for the environment." So uh, what do they do? They say, "All right, well, we'll go to Saudi Arabia, and we'll ask them to to manufacture oil in Venezuela, as though like their environmental policy, as though as though they have a cleaner method. Their there is even, there's there's as much worse for the environment than, than 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 the United States." But Biden, so the whole thing is just it's just fake. It's just pandering to. The radical leftists, the the people with the climate agenda, and like we're not going to do it here in the U.S. We're gonna we're gonna outsource it, but it's just as bad for the environment, and it's worse for the environment because their policies are not nearly as good for the environment as the U.S. So it's pure hypocrisy. That's going to do it for today as uh, the red wave approaches, and we will see you next time.